Welcome to the Hannah Miller Show. And here she is, Hannah Miller. Outspokenly conservative and unashamedly Christian, this is Hannah Miller. And I want to cover two stories this week, two a little bit bigger stories. So I'm not going to do a whole rundown on events that happened this week like we sometimes do. We're going to settle in and talk about these two. The first one is about California. And the second one is about what happened at Turning Point USA this week. And I want to talk about whether or not conservatism really and truly is a big tent. We're going to get into that um, after we talk about California. So if you didn't know, Governor Newsom of California, there was a successful um, attempt to recall him. So they're having a special election and uh, different people have thrown their hat in the ring to run as a Republican candidate against him. One of those being Caitlyn Jenner. And then last week, Larry Elder announced that he was going to run as well for the governor and then California Secretary of State Shirley Weber, who was appointed by Gavin Newsom in December, had a rather clumsy effort to exclude Elder. And that attempt was explained on by the AP as the following. So under a new requirement, candidates for California governor must publicly release tax returns for the five most recent years to qualify for the ballot. The rule was passed in an effort by Democrats to force then-President Donald Trump to release his tax returns during the 2020 election. A court struck down the presidential requirement but left it in place for gubernatorial candidates. But the judge determined the rule didn't apply to recall elections, and even if it did, Elder substantially complied. I don't find that Mr. Elder was required to file tax returns at all the judge said. And this was Superior Court Judge Lori M. Earle. And it took her no time at all to absolutely throw this thing out uh, Wednesday of this past week. And of course, Larry Elder, he tweeted out a picture of double thumbs up of himself. And um, then, but to further explain this, though, because I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. California GOP lawyer Harmeet Dillon explained it in more detail. She put out a series of tweets, and so I want to go through that. And she said, uh, a judge orders California to include Larry Elder on the ballot in California recall election and says tax returns were never required in the first place for a recall as opposed to a primary election. So my question immediately was, well, why not why aren't they required in a recall if they're required in a primary election? What's the difference here? So then she goes on and says, kudos to um, my colleague, Mark Muser, for winning a case against the state by knowing when to shut up and when to say a couple of important sentences about the right to seek attorney fees when a taxpayer voter interest is vindicated. Steve Barrick argued well for Larry Elder. And then she said she put out a, a YouTube link and said, here's the hearing if you want to watch it. And she said the judge opens the hearing with a tentative ruling that the tax return disclosure requirement doesn't seem to apply to recall elections. And if it did, Larry Elder substantially complied with it. And then went on, Elder's lawyer, Steve Barrick, says even if the statute applied, Larry Elder's alleged sin was providing seven pages of complete documents to the Secretary of State. But those documents were not in the pile of hundreds of pages of redacted documents. He complied with the statute. Elder provided over 300 pages of personal and corporate documents to the state. Also, redaction portion of the statute is there to protect the candidate's privacy. 
Why does the state care form over substance? And she continued. Betty Tom Chu's lawyer, my colleague, Mark Muser, says the court's tentative covers the, the matter and he will respond if necessary. State's lawyer arguing, arguing now first trying to argue that recall elections should be run the same way as other elections. The judge pushed back on interpretation of election code section 1189.2. Tax returns would have to have been filed weeks ago to meet the literal language of the statute the SOS claims applies. It makes no sense and it isn't consistent with a recall election. And that right there is the the key to all of this. So for the literal language of the statute to apply, if they're going to have it to be literal, the tax returns would have had to have been filed by everybody weeks and weeks and weeks ago. But they don't follow the literal language of it, of the statute. And so if they're not going to follow the literal language of it in all of the aspects, then they can't follow the literal language of it in this aspect. So the Secretary of State Attorney, Russell, argued uh, the SOS is trying to hold the recall election in as close as possible a way as a regular election. Counsel for Elder and Chu echo court comments and stand on their position that the tax returns are not required in a recall election anyway. And the court rules the tax return obligations should not have been required. Thus, the Secretary of State is ordered to include Larry Elder on the ballot. So that's what happened with Larry Elder. He's going to be on the ballot. He's running in California. When they did a poll in California for Larry Elder versus some of the others that are running for the Republican candidacy uh, for governor, he came out overwhelmingly on top. So that's very positive. I have uh, a lot of respect for Larry Elder and would love to see him be the governor of California. And of course, that would just be ground shaking if Larry Elder were to win that seat in California. So, all right. Shifting gears. Let's talk about Brandy Love. So her real name is Tracy Livermore, and she's a 48-year-old porn star. Okay? And here's the story, if if you've not heard about what's happened, which you may not have, because Turning Point USA is something that's typically for young people, college students. So if you're a listener and you're an adult, you may not know anything about any of this. But... She uh, she purchased a VIP ticket to Turning Point USA, which is a biannual conservative event for minors and some college students. And so she went, she, you know, advocates for or she touts herself as a conservative, a California, I mean, a Florida businesswoman. She's in Florida. And but it was discovered who she was and she was asked to leave by Turning Point after parents voiced concern over the nature of her social media activity, which I do not suggest that you go on to look at, but her Twitter account is literally just straight porn. I mean, there's picture after picture of just female genitalia, uh, naked genitalia on her Twitter. And first of all, I have no problem with that. Look, these are these are minors. <laughs> and you know, some of them are college students, but most all of them are high school students going into college and people she had no business as a 40 year old 48 year old porn star being there period she wasn't invited she wasn't a speaker she was not you know she just decided she wanted to go to this event that's for young people so in response to turning point usa 
She claimed to be a Christian and said, I love God, but hate organized religion. Then she went on to say, I do what I do because of my faith, not in spite of it. That was unbelievable. Yet we know, you and I know, what the Bible says about sexual immorality, prostitution, the degradation of the body. Pornography is literally the marketing arm of sex trafficking. I think that's a quote by uh, Fight the New Drug, at that which is an anti-porn organization. But that statement is absolutely true. I've not talked about human trafficking on this podcast, but I have on others. I've done lots of research, and I understand that this is exactly right, that pornography is the marketing arm of sex trafficking. Not everyone involved in pornography is being trafficked, but it is certainly a large conduit for human trafficking. So while all men are dead in their trespasses, you, me, and Brandy Love— the issue here is that we know the scriptures condemn sexual immorality, yet Brandy Love continues to engage in that sin. Where's repentance? Where's the turning away from the old man? Repentance and turning away from sin, as Charles Spurgeon said, repentance is the inseparable companion of faith. We cannot be a new man in Christ if we have not turned away from the old man. So that's just to respond to a little bit of her comments uh, in response to all this. She said she's, you know, more afraid of conservatives now than she is of Antifa and made a lot of really bizarre statements, in my opinion. But this created a firestorm amongst conservatives about what it means to be an American conservative in 2020, 2021. So first of all, my first question why is an adult porn star, 48 years old, even attending this event? That is for minors, okay? I, don't, I just don't think that she had really any business being there. Second of all, the other point is that she attended as Brandy Love. She used her porn star name. She used her porn star account to talk about going. She used her porn star account to, you know, share things and post things. And so, you know, if she really wanted to fly under the radar, she should have gone as Tracy Livermore. And put that other persona aside and just said, hey, you know what? I'm a conservative or I have conservative values or, you know, I'm for small government and fiscal responsibility. Those are what I stand for. And I just want to learn more about that and, and support an organization that also believes in those things. I would not have had as much of a problem. But the fact is, is that she didn't do that. She went as her porn star persona and trumped all of that up wanted to be there as that person and that persona. And so I think that also puts it in a little bit of a different light. And the fact is, is again, this is a, this is a minor event. This is even even for college students. You know, would you want somebody going into an event where you knew your young people were going to be at that is a, you know, wholesale just thinks alcohol, drinking alcohol and getting drunk every day of the week is the best thing for your student? Would you want you to know that that person is going to be in an event with your children and is going to be promoting that lifestyle? Because that's what she was doing when she went as Brandy Love, was promoting her, what she calls business, being a businesswoman who, you know, sells sex. That's, you know, would you want that person who sells alcohol as far as, you know, alcoholism and to the extreme of it? Because remember, Sex and sexuality, those are gifts from God. They're not bad things. It's the abuse of them that is, is bad. And I believe the same thing is true for alcohol. It has good purposes, but the abuse of it is absolutely awful. 
and has detrimental consequences. And we don't want that kind of thing. That Somebody who promotes the dangerous side of it to be exposed to our children all the time. Uh, so the same thing for smoking or foul language or any manner of vices, for lack of a better word. So this Delano Squires over at uh, The Blaze wrote an article and he, he had some good comments to say. And he said that the debate pits religious conservatives who argue that pornography and other types of sex work are degrading and incompatible with conservatism against those who claim the right should be a big tent open to anyone who supports individual freedom, free markets, and limited government. One side was motivated by ideas about morality and absolute truth, the other by pragmatism and political expediency. And then he went on to say that the resulting tug of war over the definition and direction of the conservative movement was an exercise in drawing boundaries, which are the only things that demarcate territory, whether geographical or intellectual. Brandy Love forced the right to consider which beliefs and behavior it finds compatible with its views. I think he's exactly right. And look, this line in the sand has been coming for a while for conservatives because of Caitlyn Jenner in California running as governor, because of just what's going on culturally all around us. This this conversation, this really difficult conversation has been coming and it needs to be discussed and the lines in the sand need to be drawn. And so I personally do not believe that conservatism, true conservatism, is is a big tent, as Delano Squires used that term here in this quote. I do not believe in it. And let me, let me talk about that. Let me explain that a little bit. So the idea of self-governance is impossible unless the people are tethered to a morality that is bigger than the government. Otherwise, you must have a government that legislates down to the smallest of behaviors. So conservatism is the application of Christian morals and politics. That is a standard that we must hold anyone claiming to be a conservative to. To be conservative is to conserve the Judeo-Christian morals as a system of self-governance because Judeo-Christian morals built the free world and are imperative to sustaining it. Look, this country was built on this. Our system of self-governance cannot survive without conserving traditional Christian values. John Adams literally said this. He said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other, end quote. And he's exactly right. And let me talk about that a little bit more. So the idea that conservatism is libertarian, libertarianism is patently false. And a lot of young people, I think especially millennials, are getting caught up in this. And I remember even when I was in college, um, getting a little bit caught up in this as well when I was formulating my thoughts and my stance politically. But being conservative doesn't mean lower taxes and doing whatever the heck you want. That's libertarianism. If you are conservative, what are you conserving if your political philosophy is just lower taxes and small government? Economic conservatism, like free enterprise, lower taxes, smaller government, bureaucracy, no central planning, etc., are all means to a desirable end, okay? These things are not the ultimate goals of conservatism. 
socially liberal, fiscally conservative equals libertarian, not conservative. So when when I'm saying conservatism, conservatism is the application of Christian morals in politics and culture. I'm not saying that we should outlaw every single sin and the government should make all sin illegal. That would be a puritanical theonomist uh, and the GOP and conservatism are not synonymous either. That's the important thing as well. There is tension between social enforcement and government enforcement of these Christian values that have built America. So again, I'm not saying that we should make premarital sex or vulgar language illegal, but I do believe atrocities like abortion and porn should be. There's less tension between social enforcement and government enforcement when the people are a moral people. Look, 100 years ago, we didn't need a law that said men and women shouldn't expose themselves performing sex acts in places young children have access to. Okay? You know, now we, we, we've got the internet, and they do it all the time on the internet. But, like, Brandy Love. But 100 years ago, even, even, even though they didn't have the internet, they still would have not, there would have been a more resistance, and they didn't need that kind of law, even if they'd had the internet 100 years ago. So, and I believe that's, in my opinion, because there were more personal and societal boundaries on this subject in particular back then. Therefore, there was no need for laws regarding pornography, and there were less tension, there was less tension between social enforcement and government enforcement on this issue. So when we are personally ruled by self-governance, stemming from absolute truth and morality, then we take responsibility for ourselves, and there is no need for government interference for that nanny state. Furthermore, not all conservatives are Christians, okay? So like many of our founding fathers, you can be a conservative who values and embraces the Christian ideals of freedom, imago Dei, e pluribus unum, without submitting your life to the lordship of Christ. Freedom is not doing whatever you want to do, whenever you want, however you want. This is not the understanding of freedom that founded this country. Freedom means having the liberty to say no to the things that will destroy you and to pursue that which is virtuous and righteous. Look, a lot of folks, particularly libertarians, like to say you can't legislate morality. I remember even when I was a freshman in college, I said that. And uh, God bless Tony Beam because he set me straight. <laughs> but uh, because all legislation is rooted in morality. It's illegal to murder because it's evil. It's illegal to steal because it's evil. It's illegal to rape because it's evil. So yes, we can absolutely legislate morality because it's already what we're doing. So this big tent strategy of the Republican Party, in my opinion, is a losing strategy because there is no big tent of ideologies and values within conservatism. If we continue to concede ground on things that truly matter, like baby murder and the redefinition of biological and moral truth, we will lose. And it's why we've been losing, because we have welcomed in the left's ideologies under the guise of inclusion, tolerance, and primarily political expediency. This happened a lot, too, under Donald Trump's presidency because he was very pro-transgender, homosexual, all of that. And so he really brought in a lot of folks who were kind of like the Caitlyn Jenner and the Brandy Love who have an entirely different set of morals and values. But 
on a lot of fiscal issues consider themselves conservatives. And so they were brought in and then now they're being viewed as another voter block for the GOP. And it's not compatible with the GOP as far as the conservatives within the GOP. We, if, if we cannot conserve the truth that a baby's life has value, that there is such a thing as biological truth, men and women are different, and the concept of moral truth that posting pictures of our genitalia for anyone to see, including children, is wrong, for example, then what are we conserving? The concept of absolute truth, which can only come from God and his word, provides a clear definition of right and wrong for the common man to follow allowing us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness without a nanny state. This concept is literally the very thing our founding fathers established our country upon. And as Matt Walsh said on Twitter, human rights is a moral and religious belief. If conservatives will concede on the biological truth, the absolute truth of transgenders, and the moral truth, the absolute moral truth of porn stars, why not accept baby murder and fiscal irresponsibility? I mean, Demanding that our government be fiscally responsible has its roots in Christianity and is a moral belief. (laughs) Do you only care about that issue because it's your money you see the government squandering? Why, Why can we not be stalwart about biological and moral truth when it's our children, not just our money, they are sacrificing to their ideologies? And before you come after me for saying that, I've long said that the acceptance of sex outside of marriage was a slippery slope. It led to promiscuity, then homosexuality, then the broad push to accept transgenderism, and now pedophilia. And you know what? Here are some headlines to prove what I'm talking about. One, photos of the fabulous kids of RuPaul's Drag Convention. That's from Vice. Another from Vice. This eight-year-old drag queen doesn't care what the haters say. Here's another. A pedophile opens up about being targeted by vigilantes, a child rape victim on why society should be more empathetic to pedophiles. Here's another. Most child sex abusers are not pedophiles, experts say. And another. I spent a year living with non-offending pedophiles and on and on and on. The current misconception is that every pedophile is a child molester. And if they're not, it's just a matter of time. It's important to show the world that that's not the case. Another headline. This kind of thing, the sacrifice of our children to this drag queen, transgender, pedophilia, all of this. And what was the story recently? You had some gay pride parade and they're insisting that children be there. Do you know some of the abhorrent behavior that is on display at these gay pride parades? I don't want my children within a hundred miles of one of those things. If we want to conserve the America our founding fathers gave us, we must accept that there are certain absolute truths, biological and moral, for example, rooted in Christianity that we must adhere to in order to preserve the liberties we hold so dear. And again, you don't necessarily have to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior But you do have to admit there are absolute truths and values that find their foundation in Christianity. And we have to adhere to those things if we want to preserve our liberties. Over 120 other countries around the world 
at some point or another have attempted to instate a constitution or a form of government similar to the United States. Almost all of them have failed in one way or another. And you want to know why? Because they want the liberties it grants them without having to take on any of the responsibilities it requires of them. And these are the kind of requirements and responsibilities I'm talking about. Without embracing those truths, we slide down a slippery slope of immorality that in this, in the political context, leads to a bigger government. Conservatism is not a big tent. It has a small gate and is a narrow way. Luke 9, 23 through 26 says, Then Jesus said to all of them, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very soul? If anyone is ashamed of me in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Look, the sin of no man or woman is outside the mercy and grace of God. Praise the Lord. Turning America around isn't complicated, though, because conserving the republic our founding fathers gave us is the outflowing of a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. It's denying our sin nature, our moral ambiguity, or our relative truth, and taking up the daily responsibility of following the way, the truth, and the life found in the absolute truth of God's Word. Thank you for listening to The Hannah Miller Show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. If you'd like to find out more about Hannah or to schedule her for a speaking event, go to her website, thehannamillershow.com.